0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we, as actual children of God, are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Well, praise God. Welcome back to the podcast, Wisdom and Stuff, and uh, this is Daryl Boucher, of course, um, and we're going to get back into the uh, the subject of belief, one of my favorite subjects. And over in Mark chapter nine is kind of where we've been we've been talking on. In uh, nine chapter chapter nine verse twenty three, Jesus makes a statement. He says, "If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes." And he makes this statement to somebody who is is having a crisis with their with their child. And the, there, there's a genuine need going on. There's a there's a genuine time of, of crisis and distress going on. And the the this this young boy's father comes to him and says, "Hey, uh, well, we don't know how young the boy was. I shouldn't say that. But but this child's father comes to him and says, "Hey, uh, you know, if you can do this, have compassion on us and help us." And Jesus says, "This is about your belief and not my compassion. This is about your belief and not my ability." Um, and he actually he puts a statement here, and he and he's not trying to put weight on the father. He's not uh, on the father of of this child. He's not trying to put weight on this man. He's trying to unlock the secrets of the kingdom of God to him. And uh, and and I understand. There's t- there's been times, obviously, you know, just uh, just walking things out in God and, and 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 just being around Christianity. I see where people will almost use faith and belief as a condemnation to people. Like, oh, you just don't have enough faith. You just don't have enough belief. And honestly, you know, maybe we do need to grow in faith. Maybe we do need to grow in belief. But uh, we see Jesus' response here was he wanted to get the, the this man to understand that belief was. Was the central issue, but then when the man cried out and said, help my unbelief, Jesus made up the difference for that. And so that's one thing, man. I just we just need to understand that if if we see somebody that that we are thinking doesn't have, they're not walking in enough faith or belief or whatever. Let's not condemn them. Let's see what we can do to to connect them to Jesus to make up the difference. Because Jesus wants to make up the difference. He you know he you know how much I mean I love I love belief so much because belief makes things very easy. Belief was never intended to make things difficult. Belief was never intended. I've actually, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people over the years, and uh, and I, I remember one time I was talking to somebody, and we were just talking about the promises of God, and we were just talking about how good God was, and they were asking me some questions about stuff, and, and they were like, oh, yeah, I mean, the Word says this, and this, and this, and this, and, and I'm like, yeah, 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 it's, it's so good, and we're just, we're just, you know, going through what God says about His promises and all the things He's done for us through Jesus and all these other things, and uh, and I don't remember what it was, but but I remember just saying, oh, yeah, and all, all we have to do is believe, and, and they Like sunk like a rock. I mean, their countenance like fell visibly, and they're like, "Oh, okay," as if belief was a giant weight. You know, they they apparently had been given the wrong idea about belief, and so they they thought belief was a skill set they had to grow in, or belief was something that was so laborious that they're like, "Oh, okay, well, you know, I guess it's just something else I have to believe for." Come on! If if, the, if that's our, our narrative, then we have been misinterpreting God's God's idea of belief. We have been we have been uh, fed you know the wrong thing when it comes to what belief should be in our life. Belief is not a job description. Belief is not a requirement. Belief is part of our nature as as being made in the likeness and image of God. It's part of our inherent nature to believe. That makes things easy not hard. And if if we think it's hard, if we think it's hard to believe, then we are not getting it yet and we've been we've been fed some religious nonsense. And I've been through that gamut. You know, I've I've thought that way before. I've been I've been, you know, not not it's taught that way specifically, but things have been implied to me to the point where I took it that way, where I began to make belief some kind of a skill set or some something that I had to like somehow, you know, conquer or or a requirement that if I didn't have this this thing, then I wasn't qualified to do anything in the kingdom, and that is not the case. Belief is a is a is a uh, the key that Jesus gives us. He's giving this man a key. He's going, the key to this is your belief. The key is not something you don't have. The key is something you already have. You know, it's like there's all these doors in the kingdom of God. One might open healing and one might open finances. One might open peace and joy and strength. And there's all these doors. And behind each door is something that Jesus rightfully paid for. And we think we have to go through and, I don't know, kick down the door or figure out the combination or do whatever. And the whole time Jesus is saying, hey, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. I've given you the keys. They're already in your hands. And one of those keys is belief. And we already have it. We're already believing something, and uh, it's inherent for people to believe. Children believe so easily; it's just inherent for them to believe. That's why Jesus said we have to become like a little child again, or else we won't even see the kingdom of God. We 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 it won't. It's impossible to receive the kingdom without belief, because belief is it settles something without having it proven to our natural mind. Belief allows us to operate in something without our natural mind getting in the way, and so. So this is—today, uh, I just, I just kind of want to get into the nature of belief, because if we understand the power of it, and then we understand that it's rightfully ours, it's not something that's separated from us in any way. But when we begin to talk about belief or faith or whatever, so many times, we, like we do with so many things of the kingdom, we have an, an immediate uh, perception of separation, and that's wrong. God has given to every man the measure of faith. So this is something that's already on the inside of us, and he proved it was on the inside of us when he showed us how to get saved, right? And in Romans chapter 10, it says, when we believe with our heart and we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised him from the dead, then then we'll be saved. And, um, and if we call upon the name of the Lord, then we'll be saved. And so we already have such a an inherent ability to believe that we used it when we got born again. If you're born again, if you're saved, if you actually have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you've already walked in a caliber of belief that actually accessed the impossible. Because when you got saved, it says in Ephesians 5 that we were darkness, but now we are light. It's impossible for darkness to become light. They are two. Totally contrary forces. Darkness has no light in it. Light has no darkness in it. They are contrary one to another. And yet it says we were darkness, but now we are light. We are the light of the Lord, right? And it says that we are now children of the Most High God. It says that we are now partakers of his divine nature. How did that happen? Through our belief. And when I believed God, I was fifteen years old and I came to Jesus and I I, I you know I I I I cried out to Jesus to, to save me from my sins. When I did that, I had no biblical understanding of anything. I didn't even know what the greek and the hebrew meant about anything i didn't know what any of the i didn't even know what faith meant i didn't know what grace meant i didn't know i didn't even know what was in the old testament versus what was in the new testament my knowledge was nothing i was i when i came to jesus when i actually began to say that prayer i was separated from god because i was darkness i was separated from god i humbled myself and with my heart i chose to believe that god was bigger than my sin and he paid a price for me, and simply believing that with childlike belief without any evidence to back it up, I got born again. And this is the power of belief that resides within all of us. He actually mm, is He actually settled our faith. He actually said, if you actually get born again, that that's the end of your faith. That's the maturity of your faith. It doesn't mean that we don't grow in learning how to walk in faith. It just means we don't need any more faith. We literally don't need any more because faith itself is of such a high supernatural level that when we begin to operate in faith, yeah, we can learn how to operate it better, but we actually have the construct of that faith on the inside of us so much so that we went from darkness to light without knowing anything. So, you understand, belief, it, 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 that's why it says uh, in, in Romans 10, it says that with the heart man believes, because it comes from our heart and not our mind. Our mind is, is too limited to actually uh, uh, construct the ability to believe, because belief is what ties us to the supernatural. Belief is what ties us to the impossible, and our mind, most of the time, is being limited until we have the mind of Christ, until we get our mind renewed, our mind is limited to our experiences on this earth and and this earth will never, ever equip me to walk in heavenly things. It temporal, the temporal realm will never equip me to live eternally. And so here, God actually put something on the inside of all of us called belief. And that's why belief is not a requirement. It's not like, oh man, all I have to do to believe is, like, oh, what I, I have to actually believe? That's what I have to do? It's not what I have to do, it's what I get to do. I have belief in me. I've proved it because I got born again. I proved that I could believe God beyond beyond anything. Right now, I, I believe with everything in me that I am going to heaven, that I have an eternal uh, home in heaven with my Father God, with his Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that with everything in me, and nobody can talk me out of it, and I have no evidence to back that up. I have zero evidence. Right, I, I don't have any evidence. I can't point to any one thing and, and with a physical evidence and say this is my physical evidence to say that I'm, I'm going to heaven. I have a belief in my heart. I have the word of God, but you understand, I have I have belief that that is God's word and that it is true. It, my belief settles that truth for me, and so I am I am literally banking my whole eternal destiny on something that I cannot prove, but I believe with everything in me, and so. Belief is not foreign to 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 me or to you. Belief is natural. It is a natural impartation that God put us uh, in us inherently, and we activate that belief e- belief even when we're not saved. That's how powerful that belief is. Now. With that, uh, here it says that, that if I can believe that all things are possible to them that believe, the moment that I believe something, it becomes possible for me. The moment I believe it and I say, okay, I'm choosing to believe that, I'm making a choice to believe that, not a conclusion, but a choice. When I make that choice, now suddenly that is possible for me. Now, the 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 one of the problems is that we, we tend to uh, relegate our belief uh, to the, um, basically a realm that it's not meant for. Uh, the, here it says, "All things are possible to them that believe." Let's t- turn over to. Uh, um, uh, we'll go to. Well, not that you have your Bibles, but in Matthew and in chapter 17, we, we see another account of the same instance, and uh, and this was. Uh, same thing. The guy, you know, he brings his is this the the child to the disciples. They couldn't cast it out. And then in verse eighteen, it says, "And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour." Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, "Why could not we cast him out?" And Jesus said to them, "Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, be, be removed hence to to yonder place,' and shall it remove. And nothing shall be impossible." unto you. Now, here he says, even if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, which is obviously one of the smallest seeds on the planet, it's like dust, if you've ever seen it. It's like, it's like a speck of dust almost. It's so small. And he goes, if, if, if your faith is that big, you can speak to anything on this earth and it'll obey you. Because the, because faith is made in the realm of, of the supernatural, not in the realm of the, of the natural. And the problem is, is that... We're trying to um, utilize belief from the natural realm instead of from the supernatural realm. And so, one of the keys to actually uh, making it easier for us to operate in belief is we have to get our minds engaged with the supernatural. Uh, one of the greatest examples of that that I see in the word is in Genesis. And in chapter fifteen, and uh, the interesting thing is about this is this is now, we know that Noah believed God, we know that Enoch believed God, and all that, but uh, this is the the first time though in Scripture that the word "believe" is actually used. Even though we know the principle is there, I'm not I'm not dismissing the fact that other people believed. I'm just saying the first time we see the word used is here in Genesis fifteen, talking about Abram or Abraham as he would come become known, and it says, um, uh, uh, verse one. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, "Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield, and thy exceeding great reward." And Abram says to God, "Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus?" And Abram said, "Behold, you to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house and mine heir." So now, here, God shows up and says, hey, I am your reward and your shield, and he makes this great promise, and then Abram says, well, yeah, okay, but you've not given me a son. You've not given me a son. The thing that I want the most is a son. You haven't given me that. And so, it says in uh, verse 4, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto, uh, unto him, saying, this shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowel shall be thine heir. So now God gives him a promise and says, I'm going to give you a son. I told you I would. You're going to be a great nation. He goes, I'm going to give you a son that's going to come out of your own body. Okay, now, Abram's already been believing for this for quite a while. He's already, as far as he's, he's already been wanting this and desiring this. But um, notice what God does. He brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward the heaven and tell the stars or count the stars if you can be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and it it was counted to him for righteousness. So this is the first time, in verse 6, And Abram believed in the Lord. So here, this is the first time that believe is ever used in, in, in the Bible. It doesn't mean it wasn't there, but it is, it's the first time it was used. And when we, it's important to notice first in the Bible, to go back, and, and it's called the Law of Genesis, where when you see the first time something is mentioned, it's important to see the DNA of that, to find out what, what happened in that moment, because there's a DNA pattern that we can see this origination of it. And so here we see God gives Abram a promise, right? And this is something that God promised Abram even years before. But God, but Abram is still saying, hey, I'm still separated from the thing that I should be having from what you said I was going to have. I'm still separated from that. I don't have a son. You haven't given me a son yet. And so he's, he has this perception of separation even though he's seen the, the the hand of God mightily up until now. He is a very wealthy man. He has he is the most influential man of the whole area. He has so much influence, so much power and might. Um, he, uh, he he just got done conquering the kings that, that went and stole Lot. I mean, he's very militarily powerful and respected. Uh, this man has got a lot going on, and he's seen the faithfulness of God over and over again in his life. But he's like, hey— I am still separated from the thing that I want. I'm still separated from that. I don't know if you understand that feeling where you can have a lot of cool things and God can bless you mightily, but you still feel separated from this one thing that you want. And so he still has something that he believes is in between him and God. And this is and it's this thing that he feels he hasn't received from God yet. And he's wondering why God hasn't given it to him. I don't know if you've ever wondered that about God. Why hasn't this come into my life yet? And we don't want to, you know, be unthankful. We don't want to be ungrateful. But sometimes it's good just to ask the question because God knows we're having these issues. God knows what we're thinking and feeling. And sometimes we think that we have to be so super spiritual all the time that we don't want to sound ungrateful and so we don't want to ask the question like we're a jerk or something but God's like, he already knows that we're struggling with something and he wants us to come and ask him in humility not in accusation not to accuse God of being unfaithful but to honestly and humbly ask him what's going on here? Why have I not seen the thing that I I, I know you've promised me? And this is where Abram is, the father of our faith. Did this? This is the father of our faith. And now this is the first time that we see the word believe about that, that's about to be used here. And so he says, you know, Abram's like, hey, I don't have my promise. And so God promises it to him in verse five, four, and he says, um, the the, the your heir is going to come out of your body. You will have an heir. I'm going to give you a son. And then he tells him to do something. He says, I want you to go outside and I want you to begin to count the stars if you can. Okay, so. Abram walks outside and he begins to count the stars. He begins to look at the stars. The stars are innumerable. He says, Man, count them if you can. Go ahead and number them if you can do it. And so Abram begins to look at the stars and he begins to try to count the stars. And then it says, Now he says in verse verse 6, and Abram believed the Lord. Now I want you to see something. Abram didn't believe the Lord after the Lord had promised him a son. He believed the Lord after he went outside and started counting stars. God used this mechanism to help Abram's belief. And so so it doesn't say in verse 4 that, that God says, I'm going to give you a son. And, and then it doesn't say, well, then Abraham believed God. No, there was something that happened in between the promise and the belief. And there was Abram counting the stars. And, and God says, come outside, and begin to count the stars, because there's so many of them. He goes, you, it's, it's impossible for you to count them, but go ahead and give it a try. And as Abraham is counting the stars, it says he believed God. Now, this is interesting because we have to—once again, it says that, that what, when we believe, then all things are possible to those who believe. Nothing is impossible for us when we believe. And so um, belief is tied to that which the world thinks is impossible. The problem is the reason why we struggle so much with faith or with even belief is because we want to believe God, but the problem is that we most of the time we're not fueling our belief with the right with with, with the right fuel in our minds. Um, he actually got Abram to go and do something that was impossible, and when Abram's mind begot, got engaged with the impossible, he. He, he as a result, believed God. He believed God as a result of engaging his mind with an impossible task, with a, the, the impossibility of how big God's hand is, how big his hand is in, in the stars. And so he began to engage his mind in the impossible, and belief was an easy byproduct from that. I think so, so many times the reason why we have struggle believing God is because we're trying to, we engage our mind with the rent that needs to be paid, and we engage our mind with sickness that needs to be healed, or we engage our mind with with something that needs to be changed, and yet God is unchangeable. And we're trying to, and, and since here, he believed the Lord. He believed the Lord. The Lord is unchangeable. He cannot change. And so in order for us to engage with belief, we have to engage with that which cannot change instead of engaging our mind with everything that needs to be changed. And so... Understand, belief is easy when we get our mind engaged with the realm that belief was designed for. Belief was designed for the impossible. Belief was designed for miracles. Belief was not just designed to pay your rent, even though belief will pay your rent. That is so low compared to what belief was. Belief was designed to usher heaven into the earth itself. Belief was designed for exceedingly, abundantly, of all we can ask or imagine. Belief was designed for something so big That it required Jesus Himself to actually pay the price for us to engage with it. Belief is something that's so phenomenal, it actually turns darkness into light. It actually turns a dead person into a living person. It actually conquers the spirit of death with a simple word, with a simple come forth and and, and the dead will rise. Belief was designed to literally know that God is so big that He can actually infuse our human bodies so I can lay my hands on the sick and they will recover. that requires my mind to be engaged with something that is not just normal to this earth. Bills are normal to the earth. Sickness is normal to the earth. You know, lack and separation is normal to the earth. I can't focus on what I'm separated from. I have to focus on who I'm tied to. I have to focus on who I'm one with. And I do that by engaging my mind with, with something so big, so vast. I mean, if it means going out and counting stars, hey, do it. It worked for Abram. Whatever the, whatever the vehicle is for you, it might be different different for everybody. But whatever that vehicle is for you, to break the cycle of temporal thought so that we can set our minds on things above and not on the things of the earth, belief is easy in that place. Nobody in heaven right now is having a problem believing God. It's because they are in an environment of the impossible, and that is their natural environment. Your natural environment, my natural environment, is the impossible. That's where we are designed forever to rule and reign from. And so we have to be, right now, one of the keys to it is engaging our mind with the impossible so that belief is easy. So, Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you, Lord God, that just—we just thank you right now. I just I just speak over everybody who's listening right now, and we just thank you that—show that you us the mechanism, show us what we need to do on a personal level to engage our mind with the impossible, and we will easily and naturally believe in the Lord and watch those things come to pass. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.